y'all and welcome to Render's Experiences, lessons on the campus visit experience and conversations during our travels. I'm Brittany Joyce. We're on the other side of May 1st and while some of you are in rest and relaxation mode, there are so many more of you still yielding a class. If you're looking for a musical pick-me-up, check out the May 1st Spotify playlist we created to get you through the highs and lows of yield season. You can find it on our website in the archived May 2019 version of our monthly newsletter, Render Raves. While May has been slower for our team, Jeff and I were traveling earlier this month in Michigan. Jeff was returning from a much-deserved staycation and I had just taken a long weekend trip to Canada. Some expectations. We are in a rental car, of course, flying down I-94 from Detroit to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it's a bit noisy. This clip is about 20 minutes long, so kick back and relax. Joyce. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I'm driving a car fast in Michigan. I know all of a sudden we decided to record a podcast and we hit a lot of congestion on the highway so that was can appropriate timing. Well our guests can hear the, re the rev of the Dodge Charger that you selected at Hertz. Well you told me that I had three choices. I, a Dodge Charger. Challenger. A Challenger. Um, yes. Or Charger. <laughs> uh, don't don't a, char a Challenger is just a two-door. Mm. I didn't see one of those, but they were like... Or Ford Mustang. <laughs> just looking for Detroit oh, yeah. muscle, Brittany. Well, there were like four of these, the Dodge Charger at the Hertz um, at the Detroit airport. And of course, like every man coming off of the Hertz shuttle ran straight toward the American-made no Dodge Charger. Yes, yeah. yes. So I got one of the last ones, yeah. and I'm sure one of them wanted to kick me out and send me to the Jeep Cherokee, but... Because the majority of them are probably going to call on some auto-related... I'm sure. <laughs> Wanted to roll up... Company. ...in their muscle car. Oh, goodness. And so we're driving from Detroit out to our new client, Western Michigan University... Go ...in Kalamazoo. I know. We're excited. And I'm making you do tour day colleges along this stretch since we decided to have a two-hour car I, trip. <laughs> I got up at 3.30 Pacific time <laughs> to make a 6 a.m. flight to get to Detroit at 1 o'clock to go on college drive-bys with you. You can take the girl out of the admissions office. <laughs> but so far we... What have you seen? Well, we've driven through the University of Michigan's campus in Ann Arbor, and we stopped and had Zingerman's Deli, which I'm was delicious. Full. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm so full. And then we drove through our client, Albion College's campus here in Albion, Michigan. It is looking good. It is. I really like... They had... Um, they painted all their handrails in some of front of or in the front of some of the main buildings purple in yeah. their school colors, which I thought was really festive. And I tried to get you something from Frosty Dan's. Yeah, again, I still have dessert sitting in the back seat from okay. Zingerman. So, but we did send a, a photo to our dear friend Kevin Crop and say hello. Um, and now, so we're getting to Western Michigan, um, but I'm going to <laughs> force you to stop at one last campus and that's Kalamazoo College since they're part of the CTCL and I'm a Colleges That Change Lives grad and I want to see one of my sister schools. I'm all for it. So we're going to drive through that as well. But you're coming off staycation. Yes, I spent 17 nights at home, which it's is beautiful. the longest I've had in a long time and definitely the longest stretch of the new year. As Which we, I guess it still is the new year. It is. But as we approach May 1, I think our clients all start focusing on 
yield and making the class and our email goes a little bit quiet, which is wonderful. And so you have time to to have some staycation and some rest. I read books, turned off screens, and I biked. And I discovered the Foothills Trail, um, which is the foothills of Mount Rainier, Tahoma, with warnings that it is in the path of Lahar, which is concrete like mud when the mountain explodes as since it is a dangerous volcano that sounds so, terrible oh it was awesome you could feel the energy <laughs> you could tell nature it's a 30 mile trail i did two i did three round trips of 15 miles each and covered the whole trail and it was awesome and i read books but they were all fiction and auto or biographical so they were cool but they didn't they don't really benefit discussion for business well I think everything is is up for discussion of business and higher ed what's at least like one cool thing that you read that we all should know about or one book that you would recommend for everyone oh man so speaking of Kevin Carl who's an avid reader yes he sent me station 11 right our client at Drury University which is a a post-apocalyptic book where a flu pandemic wipes out humanity pretty much And this group of actors and musicians travel to keep civilization going. Oh, interesting. Um, And one of the main characters is traveling for work when the collapse happens. So that was my tie-in that... Oh, God, Jeff. You know, that... (laughs) Because this is the way we would go, right? Exactly, right? Exactly. I'll be in Kalamazoo, (laughs) Michigan when it all goes down. And I know no one and... um, and so that was kind of interesting. We'll and, be together in our Dodge it, Charger. It had some really good twists back and forth. And then I did uh, Sea Prayer, which is a really quick book that benefits Syrian refugees. The author of um, The Kite Runner did. A, oh, yes. a, 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 I wouldn't call it a child's book because it's a heavy subject. Um, and then I did The Only Woman in the Room, which was a biography of Hedy Lamar. The actress who was a secret scientist. Okay. And then Kevin also recommended Station Eleven, but then he sent me a copy of a great book called um, Stingray Afternoons about growing up Gen X in the seventies, and it is great. Oh, interesting. It's great. Okay. Is so that- the Stingray was modeled after motorcycles, so basically your suburban gang of kids were like mirroring Hell's Angels. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. And my brother my brother had a stingray, and I did not. Okay. Because, you know, he's the oldest and got everything. I got the knockoff stingray. <laughs> well, there's I'm your... I'm not bitter. I was going to say, well, there's your bitter Gen X. So, yeah, choice. so it was a great staycation. <laughs> Went to Vashon Island, cheered on the University of Puget Sound for their dragon boat and the Gig Harbor dragon boat races. And have fun. Wow, you so got I a just lot of rambled on. No, you got a lot accomplished yeah. in your staycation. Yeah. That sounds like a good win. Okay. And what'd you do this weekend? Well, so um, I took like the quiet week um, this past week, and um, you know finished up some work for clients, and then on Saturday. Um, Brian Cameron and I drove up to Montreal. It was, you know, we live about three hours south of Montreal. In South Canada. <laughs> yes, in southern in New Hampshire, aka Southern Canada. So we drove up to Montreal and we stayed in Old Town, um, uh, which is right by the river. 
and we went and saw a Cirque du Soleil show in the original Cirque tent um, down on the port of Montreal, which was really cool. So it was, um, I think it's the 25th anniversary of Allegria. And so they, Cirque redid the show and updated the costuming and the music and the acts. Um, it was Brian and Cameron's first Cirque show. Good, I think it's important to have your first one in one of the tents, not in one of the big fancy built special arenas in Vegas and Right, right. Light lights and lasers and all sorts of craziness. No, it was it was a really intimate um, audience and it felt really authentic being right there on the port and um, they've since Montreal has built like, you know, one of the massive like tourist um, Ferris wheels and there's a lot happening down on the port, but it felt very authentic to be there. And then of course the primary language of the show was French. Madames and Moussers, I love the way they welcome everyone and yes. do it all in French. Yeah. So all of the like um, rules and expectations that they gave at the beginning of the show were all in French, and so we caught like every third or fourth word. And so <laughs> there was some like, okay, we know that we need to turn our phones off. We know that we need to be respectful. No <laughs> so, photography. No flash photography. Right. You'll kill. Exactly. So keep all phones away, put all cameras away. Um, but it was so great. The music was wonderful. And what was your favorite performance? Well, oh gosh. So I think my favorite um, performer. So there was um, like the fire baton guy, for lack of a better way of saying this. So he twirled fire or batons that were lit on fire um, and it was primarily was just scantily clothed well he was scantily clothed yes but that's not why I enjoyed him but uh, but yes and so it was primarily him on the stage um, for most of their performance but he was just he had a massive smile on his face and you could just tell that he was loving every minute of being up there when he was performing and he was like pointing at people in the audience and like connecting and like really making eye contact and at the end he was the only performer that sort of stood on the stage for a second and took a bow and people were giving him a standing ovation I think because you could just feel the energy that he was creating um, so I think he was my favorite performance but favorite moment of the show was um, right before intermission two of the clowns had this interlude what do they call them? Saloons? Um, don't they have some French fancy French Oh, hey, there's my phone, phone that gone. I did not it is shut still, off. still, like, your ringtone is so disturbing. No, just everyone watch Lost in Space. It's, it's disturbing. on It Netflix. sounds like Jigsaw, and I just feel it's, like I'm going to get it's, it's, murdered. It's from the reimagined Lost in Space, I which can't. is very Gen X, Gen Z. I cannot. Sorry to interrupt it. No, I, yes, I can't remember, like, the fancy You were talking about the clowns. the clowns that came. Well, they had an interlude, right? So there's, in the, I don't want to, like, give away the plot of Allegria, but there's sort of like it's a... It's been around for 30 years. I know, years, I know, and everybody can Google. Me. Well, I mean, who knows? Some people might go see it. But there's, like, a winter storm that two of the clowns get trapped in, and um, they had, like, paper confetti... Um, to simulate the snowstorm and had massive blowers inside the tent. So all of the audience got covered completely in the white paper confetti. Um, and you know, you had wind blowing in your face and it just made, it pulled you in to that moment and you could feel sort of like the panic and you, that they were feeling too. And 
Okay. It was like that sense of play that I think you expect out of a small private Cirque show. So, or intimate. Yeah. It was very cool. All right. So I have questions. Okay. Um, you always What do. did your husband, Brian, and your son, Cameron, think of Cirque? They loved it. Okay. And they, they want to go to again and to different ones? So they both immediately the next day started Googling like other standing Cirque shows or are there traveling shows that we could go see? Um, yeah, I think Montreal and seeing it in its original form sets sure. a high expectation. And sure. seeing Allegria, which is one of the most popular and beloved shows of all time, sets a high standard. Um, so I think they're planning some sort of like pilgrimage out to Vegas to see some of the shows in Vegas since those they read in their expectation are on like the same level as a as an Allegria. But we'll see. You disagree. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I, I, and I want to loop this back around, but all right. So I first encountered Cirque du Soleil in 1990, its second show, because it was found in like the, in the early, in the mid 80s, right? Okay. All the street performers yep. in Montreal. So the second, so the first show was um, Cirque du Soleil, and then there was a new, it was Nouvelle Experience, uh -huh. and then Saltimbanco. So okay. I, and so. When I first went in 1990, no one knew what it was. And it was the Nouvelle Experience show. Okay. And it was in a parking lot across from the Cheetah 3, <laughs> which is an adult entertainment establishment. <laughs> and word just spread viral, you know, viral in 1990. Like, this is an amazing thing, right? Yeah. And then it would come back every two years, so I would see it. And then they opened up the Vegas shows. So I've seen O and Mystery. Okay. And then there was a permanent show in Disney for a while, too. It's still there. Oh, it is. I think okay. Nobu? In Disney Springs. Mm -hmm. yep. So I, the lack of the way they designed the permanent for the acts. And, and, but I'm also impressed by the things they do in a traveling show in a tent. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have to change the stage so right. quickly and they have to be able to... So at any given yep. time, there's like 20 shows going on on like four continents, I think. Something like that. And something like that. Yeah. All right. So we're going to link this article. It's a little bit older. And that's okay. how I want to wrap this back to tour guides. Okay. Okay. So I read in Fast Company uh, magazine, which we all love, and we'll link, we'll find this article. And it was kind of the history of Cirque du Soleil and how they recruit performers. Okay. And they travel the globe, right? And did you guys see the training center? They don't and let. They, they don't let. They don't do tours. Okay. Yeah, they don't let people in there. So the recruiters travel the world and go to athletic competitions. Okay. Of all types, gymnastics, wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't recruit often the top five or even the top ten winners. They'll go right below. Okay. Right? Because the other ones are trying to go to Olympics or... Sure. Right? So then they'll go to that next notch, right? And they look for artistic skill mm. because they can teach... They can teach the other skills needed, right? They're athletes, so they know they have athletic skills. But much like the guy that you were talking about, yes. they are looking for autistic, artistic skills. Yeah. Okay. So many of our clients are obsessed with bringing on board as ambassadors or tour guides, paid or volunteers, the best and the brightest. 
the, the gold, silver, and bronze medalist of their campus. That is true. And then what do we find out? Burnout. They're too busy. And then sometimes we'll go on a campus and you have a student that maybe is involved in one more organization and is an ambassador and loves the school and is a great ambassador. Sure. Is there a lesson in Cirque du Soleil for the world of ambassadors and the way they recruit? And you haven't read the Fast Company article, so I'm putting you on the spot. Well, no. I mean, I, I think, we, you know, I'll go back and read this article for sure. Um, but no, I mean, I absolutely would agree. We had a we had a phenomenal um, ambassador a few weeks ago at Ryder University. And um, her name was Anna. Our very her first name, campus visit consultant client ever. We were back. Um, her name is Anna. And she, um, she, I, I believe, is a theater arts major. And so she, she has a lot going on. So she's gotten involved on campus. But I think being an ambassador and then doing theater are her two main things. And when you're out on tour with her, you know, I think anybody listening is probably going to be like, oh, of course, a theater student is going to be great. But she wasn't performing. She was just very relaxed. And that bedside mannerism of being able to relate and think fast on her feet. Like we walked into um, the theater auditorium at one point and she was going to talk about what happens in this space and the lights were off and we couldn't figure out how to get the lights to turn on. And in a moment she was like, everybody just pull out your phones and turn on your flashlight. And we're, she's like, we're going to do this like rock concert style. And we all sat down right on the spot. And yeah, I mean, that's something, you know, like, you can tell somebody how to do that, but that ability to like relate and think fast on your feet and have that kind of like hospitality, like I'm gonna take care of everybody and I'm gonna roll with the punches. That's not because she's a theater major and it's not, like that just intrinsically, I think was within her. And so finding that student that I think can, you know, do those sorts of things and not be so overwhelmed by like all of the things that are happening at school. Yeah, I mean, it's great to, yes, okay. Quick pause. Everybody can like skip this part, but we are taking downtown Kalamazoo. We are in a tech exit 81. Yeah. Okay. So you're a graduated from high school. (laughs) It was the year I was born. (laughs) Ouch. You're going to be recording a hologram podcast (laughs) and some young person's going (laughs) to. Somebody will do that to me too. Exactly. It's all karma, baby. So why? Okay. So why are. Why are our clients and the industry so often obsessed with hiring the... Like the person who's SGA president. Yes, and orientation leader. President and... and, Yeah. Well, I don't... I don't... Well... Why are we afraid to hire a really student who's doing well, might be involved in one or two things, and loves the school? They show up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Well, I think this is a two-sided coin or a double-edged sword, whatever you want to, whatever metaphor you want to use here. I think, A, we all think that the more a student is involved on campus, the more experiences they'll have to share with families, the more that they'll be able to talk about. But I think what often happens is that student is so overwhelmed by what's happening in their daily life that they tend to be that person that's like, just give me the script and let me like say what I, you know, say whatever I need to say, say whatever is going to help families and then I can go and move on with the rest of my day and do my stuff so whereas Anana right Mm -hmm. involved but new to be president in the moment 
Right. And, and, and that's why I often find, and I know nursing majors have a demand, but I often find them uh, to be some of the best yeah. ambassadors. I think that's just a personality thing. Like, they're nurturing, they're caring, they care for people. It's why they're becoming nurses. Yeah. And they make phenomenal guys. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I loved about Anna was that, you know, yeah, theater takes up a good period or a good chunk of her time, right? I mean, she has, you know, rehearsals for things that she's in and she's directing and she has lots of scripts to learn for class and and whatnot. But she also had time, seemingly, to go out and do a lot of, like, what campus is offering, right? She's gone and seen events and she's gone and you know, talk to people in offices. And so I don't know that students that are overly involved or overachievers on campus have the time to truly experience all the opportunities. They get really experienced in those few right. things that they are experienced and, and in. And so I think our, uh, often when we chat with people, they think putting those students out shows all the opportunities or shows the rock stars, but you often do get some diva attitude and it's all about the guy, oh, yeah. not about the guest. Oh, yeah. Right? And that guy at Cirque du Soleil was all about his guest. Like, he was... Oh, yeah. I mean, he was putting on a show for them and loving it. He right? was. And was present and in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I think the other side of the coin is, I don't know that admissions offices do great jobs or about reaching out to the entire campus and saying, here's what we're looking for and here's what we need. You know, they we open applications and just say, come be a tour guide. And I think <laughs> that appeals just by like, in, in superficiality, to the people who want to be that like rock star in front of families and make it all about them. But if we were more intentional in saying, here's what we're looking for, and like, we'll help you get the rest of the experiences to talk to families, but we need somebody who wants to take care of people and wants... Yeah, like Cirque du Soleil, right? Yeah. They have that... Art, they, they they know, like, the athleticism they can teach them, but they want them to have the artistic. Exactly. The same way, like you just said, you want them to have those traits of, it's about the guess. For me. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Totally agree. So we need to do a better job in recruiting those people. And staging a recruitment and selection process that helps. And we'll share the Cirque du Soleil article because we'll it's fascinating. It. Yeah. Yes. So lessons from Cirque du Soleil. I like it. Yeah. So much fun. the Fast Company article about Cirque du Soleil, and if you truly want to understand the depth of Jeff Calais' memory, wait for this. That article was published in February 2011. We'll link the article in the blog post we publish along with this episode of the podcast. We also found a quick video of Alegria, complete with super smiley fire guy and a quick shot of the paper confetti snowstorm. A few additional things for you to remember. Number one, conference season is upon us and we hope to see you this summer and fall. Want to know where we'll be? Go to our homepage at www.renderexperiences.com and check out our tour dates. Number two, subscribe to our renderings blog for updates on best practices in the campus visit and our experiences outside of higher education. You'll also receive Render Raves, our monthly newsletter of what we're reading, watching, and pondering. Again, go to our homepage at renderexperiences.com and click blog at the top right. Number three, want to collaborate with us? 
Find out who we are, what we do, in an inquiry form on our website. Shoot us an email or give us a call so we can learn more about your goals, your challenges, and how we can help. Thanks for listening to Render's Experiences. I'm Brittany Joyce, and remember, it's all about the experience.